You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Corey and Julie Token, who are the co-owners and co-founders of Unbakeables. Julie and Corey, thank you for joining us today. Nice Thanks for having you. us. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you, those unbakables that you sent did not last more than two weeks in my in my freezer. <laughs> they were so freaking good. Um, but tell the rest of the world what are unbakables. So unbakables are perfectly topped cookie dough treats. They're all egg free, safe to eat right from your freezer. No baking, no waiting, just eating. Um, the story all started about 20 years ago when I was a kid and I used to eat the dough right from the bowl. And unlike most moms that just said no, my mom said how. Um, and that's when my mom, Julie, um, who's, you know, co-founder, started uh, making us chocolate chip cookie dough with no egg in the recipe and topped it with her sister's chocolate peanut butter um, concoction. And she used to make us cakes and they turned into balls and bars. And over the years, they kind of have just become unbakables as you see it today. Eggless, raw cookie dough meant to be eaten raw with a little bit of a kick. They're so amazing. And there's, um, it's a very unique product because there are a lot of other cookie dough companies out there that are trying to do this. And some of the big companies out there that are frankly putting garbage in their product. But what makes you guys really unique are the toppers, right? So there's this like crunch factor that also comes into play, um, like the birthday cake flavor with the little sprinkles on it or the... The, the dipped ones. It's something I've never seen before. And it, it takes a lot to surprise me. And you guys really did. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I think starting with that, that original flavor of chocolate chip dough with chocolate peanut butter started, as I like to say, you know, nothing about us is plainer or boring. We're just unique and exciting. And that's what that, that sandwich topping is. So between the sandwich topping and our delivery, we find that we can do something a little different in the in the market. They're perfectly pre-portioned pieces, so it's not just a tub of dough. Exactly. I loved that. It was like kind of, it didn't make it guilt-free, of course, but like it, you still could just take one and not feel like you just ate a tub of cookie dough and where the hell did, how the hell did that happen? You know, when you sit in front of a, of a TV show and all of a sudden the entire, uh, you know, ice cream tin is, is done and you're like, what? I didn't even taste that. Um, I love that they're proportioned out. I think that that's so phenomenal and smart. And that there's three, there's three out of 10, right? Three and a There's, two. yeah. So we sell them in three different sizes. We sell them in tubes of three, five, and 10. So smart. And tell us the flavor profiles because they're really fun and unique and playful. And I just got such a kick out of them. <laughs> Thanks. Mom, go ahead. All right. We have the original is a chocolate chip dough sandwich between a chocolate peanut butter. Then we have um, Midnight Mint. So that's the original. Midnight Mint is a double chocolate chip dough sandwich between dark chocolate mint, which is my personal favorite. We have Cakewalk, as you mentioned, which is based on a, um, a so yellow good. cake with all natural sprinkles. 
Then we have salty sweet, which is a chocolate chip dough with pretzels. Um, oh, pretzel, that little bite of salt. Oh, everything. That, that actually was my favorite. I was surprised because I thought that the more birthday cake type one was going to, that's usually my flavor profile, but that salt and sweet, sweet and salty one was so good. It's like such, for me, it's a perfect balance of sweet and not too sweet. Um, yeah. So I love because it's a dark stuff. chocolate, right? And it's a dark chocolate, which I yeah, also yeah. I love our chocolate. We use a Belgian chocolate. Um, we use Calibo chocolate, which is my favorite chocolate. And when we started the company, I'm sorry to digress, but when we started the company, I'm like, <laughs> we're only making this with really good chocolate, not soup, you know. So then we have choconutter, which is for the real major peanut butter lover, which is a peanut butter dough covered in a crunchy milk chocolate. Um, mm -hmm. Go Bananas is the same peanut butter dough, but it has a freeze-dried banana with dark chocolate, um, which we make that flavor profile in both um, gluten-free vegan as well as flour and butter. Um, and then lastly, Something for everyone. we have morning dough. Oh, no, we have two more. Morning dough, which is a mocha chunk dough with dark chocolate. And the last one we have right now is a ginger bells, which is a ginger snap dough with the great chunks of um, candy ginger it, with a white chocolate. And it, the white mm. chocolate, it's, I'm not a white chocolate fan always, but it's just, it's not too sweet. It's delicious. That's one of my now favorites. I'm, now I'm hungry, Julie. What'd you do to me? I know. I wish I could send it <laughs> to the, you know, send it over. Through right, the computer? How the amazing computer. would that be? I know. Well, Soon enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Corey. As, as you can see, one of our favorite part of starting the business was uh, creating all the different flavors. We really started with one and just, I remember when we first started out, we, I, I used to force myself to do all the business work and so just so I could create more flavors in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it is an exciting part of it. We both came from non-business backgrounds. We're both in education and so... We like to get creative and play with our food and see what happens. <laughs> That's so fun. And speaking of playing with your food, you also have a new line extension called Unbake a Bits. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So they started um, actually at the beginning of the pandemic. We had, w when we demo, we like to pre-cut everything just to make it easy. So all our, all our samples are pre-cut. And when the pandemic started, we had to stop demoing. So we said, what can we do with all these, these bits? Um, hence the unbake bits and they were a great thing that you can eat even a little portion of it. Um, you can top them with on cupcakes, you can top them on ice cream and they're basically cut up unbakeables that, um, are great to have as an even smaller snack and great to have when you're in a video call, great to have when you're on a, <laughs> you know, Zoom recording, whatever whatever it may be. Sneak a bite instead of having to put the whole thing in your mouth. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> and they're also great. I uh, we have uh, I have some nieces and nephews that love them as well because, you know, sometimes the, as, as great as an unbakeable is, you know, which is about the size of a macaron to give everybody out there a, a little bit of a idea of the size of them. For kids, it's almost a little too big. And the bits are like the perfect things for, for those little hands that love the chocolate and the cookie dough. <laughs> so cute. Um, and then the other question about the flavors or actually really the product itself is it's supposed to be kept in the freezer. How, why did you guys think about it through that lens? Because most of the um, products in this category are, are refrigerator only, right? Mm-hmm. 
so talk us through what was the thought process there? Is it just a better you know, mouthfeel? What was the thought process? Uh, honestly, when I think back to when I created it originally, you know, 20 plus years ago, the topping of chocolate peanut butter and, and little crunches um, just set up better in the freezer and it, it, it allowed it to last longer. And mm, that makes sense. That's just it. I, I'm trying to think it's just back. how it was. It's just how it was. <laughs> like when I made yeah. the first cake, um, because dough in the refrigerator is particularly a chocolate chip with a it's you know it's butter based is really soft. And I literally frosted a cake. The cookie dough was the cake, and the chocolate peanut butter topping was the frosting. And mm. In order to make it firm, that's where I started it, and it never we never changed it, um, and it does allow for longer shelf life. For sure, it's also a great differentiator. I mean, it, it reminded me of you know when you put like your Snickers bar or mm, yeah. cat or whatever in the freezer. I was like, how freaking smart is that? I mean, we've had uh, you know again a, a lot of products in this space. We love um, the sweets category in CPG, and I'd never seen one that was freezer focused. I thought that was super super smart. Yeah, I think that it also. Um, I, I think that it is goes along with the whole concept that people go to the freezer section to find desserts. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that it's not, there's not a section in the refrigerator, but there's an entire aisle of frozen desserts. Mm -hmm. And so it allows people to kind of get in that m mood and get in that mindset once they're in there. And one of the things that we're actually seeing is that the freezer, the frozen dessert category is getting a facelift these days. And we're mm -hmm. so excited to be a part of it. No longer is it ice cream, popsicles, and, you know, Marie Callender pies. The, the whole, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole, we, I like to call it extraneous dessert section. And people are like, mm. oh, that, that makes sense. I know, I know exactly what door you're talking about. Um, I, we, we find that like over the years, it's really gotten a facelift in terms of like better ingredients, what everybody's looking for, more handmade, more, you know, local. And we're so excited to be a part of that space. I think you guys are doing a really great job. I love that you're a mother and daughter team. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. Give us two minutes. Who says you've got to be big to get things done? We know that size matters in some things, but in other things like marketing, a small and scrappy team like Elevate My Brand can really take your brand to the next level. Our job is to create visibility so you can create profitability. Give us a call today and let's schmooze. Hi, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Corey and Julie Tolkien, who are the co-founders and co-owners of Unbakables. Um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the product lines and the flavor profiles and the difference between having it in the freezer or the fridge. Um, now I want to focus on the mother-daughter partnership. How has that been going? And was that just the intention from the very beginning? Uh, tell us how that came about and you know what each of you focuses on. We don't have enough. So I don't, I don't know if I can deal with my mother. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Okay, so I'm one of four, just to just to be clear out there. So um, I, it's very interesting that like, you know, like th this happened, and it didn't happen with any of my other siblings. Um, mm -hmm. We like to say we're like an old married couple. Mm -hmm. um, and I still haven't found a better description. We can you know, argue with each other in the kitchen, we can yell at each other, but we have one goal in mind. And that is the product. Mm -hmm. um, that 
it, that is like the best way to describe us. Um, I'm going to interject for a second. No, because I think it's more than that just, um, and, and maybe this is coming as the mother. Um, it's more than just that the product is the focus. It's that I, I really, and I, and I think Corey agrees, we have a trust in each other. And mm-hmm. even if she gets upset with me, I get annoyed with her. Like she said, if we yell at each other, if we're short with each other, if we disagree, we don't, whatever, we get over it. Um, and we get over it right away and we don't take it. I can't tell you, I, I mean, I'm just a more sensitive person. I can't tell you, I never take <laughs> it personally, but for the most part, we don't take it personally. Like I said, we trust, we trust each other. And I think that's part of what makes it work. Um, well, you can certainly feel the love in the product through that. Like I ended up having to run my dad's business for a short period of time and I will never go back to that. So God bless you for being able to work together and really create such a beautiful product. You really can feel the love through the flavor profiles and through your energy. Um, the other really fun thing is that you're woman, women owned. And that's actually how we met was through the WeBank uh, community. Yeah. Um, I was speaking, I think, and you guys were, you guys were listening in and I put out the call. I said, anyone who wants to send product our way. We will promote the, you know, what out of it. We really believe in women supporting women. Um, and here we are today, right? Yeah, no, it's great. We, we are recent, we being, um, cert- we being certified and I, can't talk enough enough about the WeBank community, what it's like to be women-owned. I think about it more. Um, we try and use it when, um, you know, just giving us a li- also a little bit of a leg up and thinking about it when we do our own product or ingredient buying. Um, it, it really is a great community. It really is. I mean, I've been a part of it for four or five years now. And it's just such a supportive, fabulous group. I used to say women were having a moment and now I feel like women are taking over and it's about time in my opinion. Of course. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to early days of, uh, of this, this brand creation. How did you come up with the name Unbakables? I mean, it makes sense, but <laughs> was there like an aha moment? Did you guys go through a branding exercise? Like how did you come up with this great name? Um, so... We didn't come up with a name for a very long time, and it really is a family business. Like I said, I am one of four, and we, over the years, each each one of my siblings has done a little bit to help us, um, and those in the next generation. Um, my niece, who is six, it, it, literally, she Did said, I think I've... <laughs> um, first of all, yes. First of all, my sister, my sister on her resume, I think, put us as CTO, Chief Tasting Officer for Unbakables, um, as a great. She's in marketing, and she's like, "I'm gonna market the heck out of this. This is great." Um, no, my my niece, if like if I tell her that she can come sell with me, oh my god, it's like I just scored the lottery. I think at four, she told she said that her favorite place in the world was the Unbakables Kitchen. Um, so it really is a family affair. And that's um, how we actually came up with the name, my little brother, who is not so little. Um, (laughs) We were like spewing out different ideas. And that's where it came about. It was kind of like one night over dinner, we had thought about all different types of name making up words similar to how Twix and Snickers and all those other candy bars out there kind of have these made up words that have become words. We thought about um, 
doing a chain of words. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like Snicklot, which is Tolkien's backwards. And everyone's like, nope, don't like that. <laughs> just That's kept funny. throwing out. I mean, we probably have lists and lists and lists of names. We did. We did think about calling it cookie dough crack, but decided that the four-year-old asking for some more crack was probably not recommended. <laughs> that is true. That's hilarious. We had a brand on here called uh, Crack Corn, and I had the same thought process. I was like, interesting. I don't know how that's going to yeah. play. And then we yeah. were going to, like, crack in Irish is, like, like to have a lot of fun. You, like, say a load of crack, oh, yeah. and it's yeah. spelt a little differently, but I was like... I still can't see, like, like I said, my niece being like, oh, would you like some crack? <laughs> it's not wholesome enough. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So even prior to the naming, at what point did you decide this was going to be a business? <laughs> um, so like I said, we're both in education. Um, and I was getting my master's in secondary education. And it's a typical thing where you talk about whether or not you want to get a job where you're going to student teach, you know, you kind of start looking because it's so cyclic because it's um, school and school year. Mm -hmm. And I said to uh, my mom, I in the, in the, let's see, the winter before I was about to graduate, I said, we've always wanted to do this. Do you want to do it? Um, I said, I kind of have to decide right now whether or not I'm going into teaching or not. And I absolutely, completely am so passionate about teaching. And as crazy as the story is, it's more like I knew if I started, I'd never stop. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, if I'm going to try this, this is the time to try it. And that's kind of where we started. I mean, mom, you tell me what made you say yes. <laughs> say yes to all my kids at almost every level. I mean, there's very, I mean, Corey, tell me, are there a few things that I say no to any of you about? Not that you ask. You say no to me on a daily basis. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I mean, she asked, I love, I, I don't, I don't even think I had a clue what I was eventually getting into. And I was sure. teaching, I mean, it, it's interesting because I, I, I still am at the preschool where I teach and I was teaching. And at one point I had to quit. I was working four days a week and I said, I have to give up my threes class and I can only work one day a week. And my director said, you know, I have to be honest when you said you were going to do this initially, I just thought it was going to be this whimsical thing and it was going to end. And, and she, I mean, she's very supportive and she loves the product. Um, but I don't think I had a clue. And I'm like, sure, let's go for it. I, I was at a time in my life where all my kids were out of the house and I'm like, okay. And, you know. I, and away we go. My mom is a kindergarten teacher too and has been for 50 years. We cannot get her to retire. So I, I appreciate that journey <laughs> oh for my sure. God. I think it's yeah. wonderful. I do, I do tell my parents, if you ever get to the point where you say, and I know I'm digressing, but Julie used to be a good teacher. I said, could you tell me that before? <laughs> because there are people who are past their prime, but so far it hasn't happened. I love it. So what is the best thing about working with family? Ooh, what is the best thing? I think there's a level, and, and I think that this could go both ways. I think that, first of all, there's a level of trust as as much as that's ridiculous and i know so, so there are probably family businesses out there that would think that like i'm crazy um but there's also this um you know even though it's just 
just my mom and I, I think there's also this concept where, um, if we need help, family is not far and we have no problem on asking those closest to us. Um, like I said, we, you know, we have this event this weekend. Um, it's a local event and I've got five family members coming to help sell with us and it's not <laughs> even that. a thought. And I think that there's something really nice I, I in that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What's the hardest part? Oh, separating. Separating, <laughs> separating work and life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes and, a whole lot and, of sense. Yeah, and getting in big, big gatherings and and having my siblings be like, no, 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 you need to stop talking like about business right now. Like, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> Separation of church and state, right? Yeah. Oh man, there, that that's nothing. But it is funny. Like if we don't, if we don't see each other out of the kitchen for a couple of days, I'm like, oh my god, I feel like we haven't we like need to catch up on everything because th- there is that ease also where it's like, you know, I need to tell you something. It doesn't matter that it's not nine to five hours. Like I'm going to tell you that the sprinkles got delayed or that the chocolate needs this, you know? So. No, I think she got it. I think she hit it on the head. Trust and, and separation being. Yeah. I love it. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. Hi guys, me again. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about our award-winning marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We're a full-service digital and experiential agency, meaning we do it all. From event management to content creation, branding, web design, and social media. We're a small but scrappy team of both data nerds and quirky creatives, and we're here to make you look good. After this episode, let's chat about how we can elevate your brand and take you to the next level. All right, sitting and chatting with Corey and Julie Tolkien, the co-founders and uh, co-owners of Unbakables. And uh, I want to know what the hardest part about the entrepreneurial journey has been for both of you. Hmm. I think that the hardest part is, well, I think that a couple of years ago, we got to one of the hardest parts. And it was the point where we kind of plateaued. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I've ever actually talked about this. So, you know, get, get, you know, bear with me for a second. But um, we kind of got into this situation where we weren't a small business. We weren't, I mean, we were a small business, don't get me wrong, but we weren't a startup. We had our idea. We proved our idea. We were in plenty of stores, but we were having trouble kind of getting to that next level. And I will have to have a huge shout out to our local women's business development council, um, you know, Connecticut WBDC and Fran Pastori and her group of ladies who um, I, I think was the initiative that kind of got us over that, that plateau. How um, they do that? You know, I, I think they got it, I think is the best way to describe it. I, we, we started a mentorship program and I can, I will never forget the moment sitting in the kitchen, being on the phone and this woman, Samantha saying basically exactly what I just said. You've gotten to a plateau. You're not a, you know, you're not a startup, you know how to do it, but you need help. And I was like, oh my God, did you read my mind? <laughs> and she was like, what you don't know is that there's like a lot, you know, you're, you're in a lot of, you're in a position with a lot of women. Um, and I don't know whether it was a new program, whether we got lucky, um, and we kind of got 
got into a situation. Now, this was it, it happened to be right before the pandemic, so the mentorship program was very different than I think what the intent was. Um, but there was a little bit of like, we're going to tell you what it is that you need. We're going to tell you, like, we're not going to skid around, you know, beat around the bush. Sugarcoat like, it, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Like, you need more sales. Like, figure out a way. Like, and I'm I'm here to help you figure out a way to do it. But um, so it sounds like it was about accountability. Yeah, a little bit of an accountability. There you go. See, this is why you're good at this stuff. You kind of just make it one one big package. Um, I mean, yeah, at the beginning, I think there was a little bit of an imposter syndrome. Like, how do you oh, do always. this? Everybody else makes it look easy. But 12 years later, I still have that. So you're on good, in good Okay. Company. I think good every good know. entrepreneur has a little bit of that. Though, sure. But it's also what drives us to try and be better every single day, right? Yeah. So speaking of being better, if you could wave a magic wand and get whatever you wanted uh, right now to, you know, really catapult your business, what would that look like? Ooh, uh, honestly, I think a little bit of like national recognition. Mm, okay, well, we're helping that- you here. That's good. Yeah, so this is this is fantastic. Look at this. We've gone from one coast to the other. Um I think that that it's it's a little bit of a novelty ready to eat cookie dough, and I do know that the 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 concept has been um, growing over the past years. But I think that it's one of those things that, like the other thing that we believe that we have over every other brand, is that they, it tastes like cookie dough. Like mm-hmm. I still eat it today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I literally had it for snack this afternoon. Um, yeah. And do I you think ever get sick of the product? No, I don't. Never. I. And my, that's not a lie. Um, uh, but but I think that there's a little bit of like that that like where's that one person that's gonna and Laurel maybe you're it. I hope <laughs> the one so. person. From your mouth to God's ears, as my mother would say. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, well, great. Well, in the last few minutes, I want to learn a bit more about um, you know what are the big lessons that you've learned along your entrepreneurial journey. Are there any tips, tricks, uh, best practices, anything you can share with someone who would be listening in trying to get into a similar industry? Um, I know. Mom's laughing. She's laughing because she would say run. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fair. That's that's a word of advice. Literally one word. Um, I, I think... And mom, like, obviously jump in as you can tell. So, so I think that you're getting at this at one point, you know, and maybe this is a a trick or a trade. We, we do a lot of splitting, but we also do a lot of like covering each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And this kind of goes into the mother daughter aspect. I do a lot of the business oriented stuff and she does a lot of production. Um, And it allows us to kind of have an idea of what we're doing for the day or the week or whatever. But, you know, I, when we get huge orders or when an employee calls out sick, I a hundred percent will be in the kitchen. No problem. Hairnet on gloves on, um, you know, and if I need help making a decision, I mean, no decisions are, are real, really done on a, uh, with only one of us. Um, and I think that, that doing that, but also trusting, you know, that that the other person will make the right decision is is helpful, but I think that the other one that I was going to say before I got on this rant was um, kind of just be true to yourself, um, which I know is an overused saying, but you know there are plenty of companies that grew a lot faster, a lot sooner, a lot you know farther within the years, but this is who we are, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. you know th- this is just 
just we're not this is the speed we're going to grow at and we're not going to apologize for it and not going to regret it. Um, but just stay true to who you are. I love that. Well, a couple of things there. One was the uh, obviously staying authentic and true to yourself, but the other one was dividing and conquering. But this yes. is truly a partnership and each of you has your own skill set and yet you still, that skill set is very complementary, and yet you still overlap if and when is needed because you really are a team. Uh, Julie, it sounded like you had something else to well, add. I was going to say that would be, as, as she was saying it, I think one of the things when I meet people who are starting out, if they're starting out on their own, I truly think having at least one partner just is, is so critical is so, or I don't know if it's critical, but I think it's really helpful because to bounce yeah. ideas off of, if you can't do something, somebody can help cover you. I think there's so many reasons why having at least one partner um, makes so much more sense than going it alone. Yeah. I tell you, I, you know, I started my agency on my own over 12 years ago, and I wish every day that I had a partner. Luckily, my husband runs an agency also, and so he gets it, and we are able to bounce. We're a little yeah. bit psycho, obviously, because we both <laughs> do this work, but we're able to really bounce uh, ideas off of each other and support each other. But I totally agree. I think having a partner is is absolutely critical, and having one that you can really trust and rely on is also right. so, so, so very important. Yeah, I love the partnership with between the two of you. And even in this conversation, you can see that you just have each other's back. You overlap. You really complement each other in a, a lovely you. way. Yeah. And I think that just on that note, I think building a community um, is also mm -hmm. one of the things, you know, why we, we're here. Yeah, which why we're here. And like we share a kitchen with another company. They make granola. We're not a competitor in the least bit. Although I do believe unbakables are healthier than granola. Um, <laughs> so anybody out there that wants to disagree with me, just try unbakables and you'll see. Um, but it, it's like, I think every day for our partnership with them. And it's not just about sharing space. It's not just about sharing even ideas or resources or anything. It's about being in an environment where it's like somebody else gets me. Somebody else will ask me what my weekend was like, it's like, you know, Oh man, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Entrepreneurship is a very lonely journey a lot of the times. Yes. And I think yeah. it's look at it and they're like, oh, it's just, it's so sexy, right? You're an entrepreneur, you have a startup or you have this <laughs> brand you that you launched, but it's lonely at the top. And you, get, yes, you exactly. get to do whatever you want. If you want to take off, you can. It's like, yeah, when that order's due, if I have to pull an all-nighter, I need to pull an all-nighter. You got to do it. Yep. You got to do it. Well, on that note, uh, share with us where people can find Unbakeables so they can get in touch with you, order your amazing products and really support you. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, so we are based in the New York City metropolitan area right outside in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut. And you can find us in Whole Foods in that area, as well as other independent stores. You can also find us in Whole Foods in the Southwest region, which is uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. And you can also find us online at unbakables.com. And you ship nationwide? We ship nationwide, one to two day, over ice, and ready to eat as soon as you open the box. Immediate gratification. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and for those of you listening in, first of all, try the product because it's friggin' great. And then go into your um, Whole Foods, you know, here in California or in wherever you are listening to this and request the product. That's how they get into more stores, and this is how we support each other. So, um, ladies, thank you so, so much for being on the show today. I cannot tell you how much I love the product. Your energy is so great. I love the teamwork, and I'm so honored to be able to have you on the show today. Laurel, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, I've really enjoyed 
you've been great. I, we appreciate you having us. Anytime. It's all about women supporting women, right? Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> I love it. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more Elevate Your Brand coming up next.